Hi guys, welcome to Stop Sweeping It Under The Carpet. My name is Jacqueline Francis and I have a special guest with me today called Hina Junjo as we continue Domestic Abuse Awareness Month here in the UK. Right, so that's it. So we are live at the moment. So guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to Stop Sweeping Under The Carpet. I have a very special guest for you today and her name is Hina Junjo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um... We're going to be talking about how children abuse their parents. Now, it's not a subject that I've spoken about before, um, so I'm quite ex- um, looking forward to hearing what um, Hina has to say. So before we start, Hina, would you just like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for having me on, Jacqueline. It's my pleasure. My name is Hina Junejo, and I am a relationship and an empowerment coach. <laughs> That's my introduction, a brief oh, introduction. Okay, I thought we going to go a bit deeper in that. Okay, so as I said, I am I'm an advocate against domestic abuse, and you are too. And I am also love empowering um, women, young women and girls. Um, mm. But people definitely know me as talking about domestic abuse. So I would like you to share with us today your experiences with regards to abuse um, based on how, um, well, let's start off with how abuse started with your with yourself, if that's okay, and then how you go, how children end up abusing their parents, because I think it's something that, you know, people, our viewers w- would be interested in, in knowing. Yeah, 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 why not, yeah. Okay, so Jacqueline, uh, let's uh, think, let's, you know, wh- where do we begin from, right? So I think I'm one of those silly women who get divorced even before they get married. <laughs> and, oh. what means, and what that means is divorce, you know, very, very consciously and very, what would I say, out of eagerness and uh, very happily we get, we divorce our freedom in order to get married to oppression, you know, in order to get married to coercion, to power, to control, to submission, to objection, to stigmas, to labels, to unreal expectations, you know, Mm. and really what is marriage all about? Mm. It's two people coming together, you know, for life, uh, in sickness and in health. But Mm. as opposed to that, I was married to, what would I say, a system or a product of a system. Mm-hmm. And I eventually was forced to become a product of the same system as well, mm-hmm. in the sense being able to accept the infidelity, the um, the drug abuse, um, the uh, you know um, alcohol influence, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, day in and day out, that's that's what the norm used to be in the house, and uh, it was a do and die situation for them. Pretty normal, nothing wrong. Uh, if anybody, I was the misfit. And um, when I say unreal expectations, being married to unreal expectations, it's one of those things, you know, um, culturally, uh, we come from a patriarchal society. And when we get married, our parents tell us, you know, or they hand us over to another person with an expectation that right now, daughter, you're going to get married. And it's a woman's responsibility 
to make that marriage work. So yeah. you see that's a huge pressure, huge responsibility, even before the game is started. Oh my God, my weeping people's shoulders. Am I going to be able to take the brunt, take the pressure? But anyway, you know, I hadn't known that I've divorced my freedom. I just thought I've married and I've married freedom. It was only when I stepped into it that I realized that, wow, I was really, really silly. Got divorced first and then got married and then again got yeah. real divorced. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what my life has been all about. And um, yeah, obviously, you know, um, when you're when you're married to a person, you know, who believes in indulging in alcohol 24-7 and, um, um, you know, doesn't see anything wrong in uh, infidelity and also is under the influence of drugs. Obviously, you know, the state of mind is not going to be real. It's not going to be normal. Mm -hmm. So they would be expecting, you know, from their wives to literally obey them, submit yeah. them submit to them and obey them. You know, if mm -hmm. they say it's night, you just have to say, yeah, it's night, regardless it's day, it's morning, you know. That kind of thing. Really hard obey. Um, yeah. Obey, because from the, right off the bat, you are, I don't know, programmed to obey um, yeah. your partner. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah, and that programming comes from the culture. As I mentioned that, you know, we come from a patriarchal culture, patriarchal society, and mm -hmm. male chauvinism, again, is a feather in the cap, sadly. Mm -hmm. And uh, things still haven't changed, you know, Jacqueline. It's been 11 years that I'm out of that 12 long years turbulent relationship, yeah. you know, where also all sorts of abuse. It was physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all sorts of abuse. And out of the, you know, out of all these four, the one that's most, you know, what would I say, uh, worst off amongst the other four is the mental conditioning, the mental abuse that you receive from them because they force you or they forced me, you know, to see the world from their lens. So yeah. anything that was against my values, against mm -hmm. my belief system was working for them. So, you know, as I mentioned that they didn't see nothing wrong in fidelity. They, they didn't see anything wrong with me sharing my husband with, you know, daily on it with a different woman. But as for me, I never imagined this, you know, coming from the kind of background I was coming from, even though the culture is the same, the society is the same, but it was the case of class system, if you like. I yeah. came from, you know, mediocre, educated, highly educated background. And my ex-husband came from a, you know, political background. Mm. So that was the only difference there, you know, um, mm. so-called elite, if you like. So, yeah, yeah that's what I had to, you know, bear with. And, uh, yes, the Can I just interrupt and ask you, I, I know you mentioned spirit, spiritual abuse. And I know that I was speaking to a lady named Seema um, a couple of weeks ago when I was interviewing her. I wonder if you can elaborate a little bit more about how the spiritual abuse takes place? Because I, mean, I know Seema touched on it when I was interviewing her, but could you elaborate a little bit more about um, spiritual abuse? Yeah, so basically they force you to believe that whatever goes against your faith is, you know, okay, there's nothing wrong with it. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. So basically they just remove the, you know, element of faith, your, your call from within you. And uh, if you... Obviously, if somebody takes, you know, if, if somebody had to take the core uh, or the center of your life or your heartbeat from you, how would you become then just like a sausage, you know, mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm -hmm. And uh, so much so that, that um, you know, um, 
I'd given birth to three children and then the pressure on me was as such, you know, that element of fear, constant fear and mental conditioning that um, what if at some point in time she opens her mouth and she retaliates and talks against or whatsoever, because obviously um, they knew that I'm not used to this kind of an environment. So they had to, you know, put me under constant fear factor as well. Mm. So from there on, the most fearful factor for me was, you know, to have been taken uh, or say my kids being taken away from me. That was a thing that I used to get very, very often that if you say something to anybody, if you complain to your parents, you know, we're going to take your children away from you. That's one thing. And I suppose, you know, when people generally ask me, Hina, you seem to be quite switched on and now you're so very, very proactively working for the rights of women. You know, uh, we we can't believe that you've stayed in that relationship for 12 long years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if, you know... Sorry to interrupt, but this just goes to show that for those women who are in abusive relationships, that they think that this is going to be their life forever. And when I talk to, you know, the likes of yourself and other ladies, um, you know, they're just, you know, you are just a prime example that it's not forever. Um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, nothing lasts forever. Nothing, nothing lasts forever. It's just one of those things that as humans, we feel we become comfortable with whatever we're familiar with. So even if it's wrong, even if it doesn't serve us, over the period of time, we become familiar with it and it becomes normal to us. So just imagine the state of mind of the person that something, yeah. you know, they're being abused day in and day out, 24-7, in some shape or form, you know, mm-hmm. but still they feel as though they feel safe in that environment and yeah. they can't beyond if they had to step out they'd start feeling uncomfortable and that's not a good you know headspace to be in Mm. that means that that person has been you know subjugated to so much fear and uh, so much mental conditioning has gone in that now they've completely you know in in all um what would i say uh, you know um in all in all respects they've given up on their faith Yes, yeah. whichever faith they were born on, uh, born in, they're there with that. However, you know, they're being crushed. They're being believed not to follow those principles, not to follow that belief system, because that goes you know, against these people's belief system and the element of fear. So it's one of those things that obviously I've suffered a lot. I've, I've suffered being beaten up. You know, I used to come back uh, drunk and under the influence and uh, I dare not say anything against him. But the saddest part is that, you know, um, when I eventually got my freedom back and then again, that's another story that we can discuss at a later stage because getting that freedom, getting that divorce, you know, was again, another battle that I needed to win. Mm-hmm. And then again, the children's custody was a battle as well. And lots mm-hmm. has gone in it. But so, can I just ask so that you know the audience have a a different side of things? How how did um I know you're saying that your community is a tight knit community and it's very hierarchical hierarchical that the right yeah. word um you know what about that your parents their parents you know were they supportive of you were you able to tell them what was going on or did you just go yeah. in silence? Yeah. Yeah. So as I mentioned that, you know, my ex-husband was a product of his system. So a system encompasses, you know, everybody literally around in their community from their background. So parents obviously were, they were the product of the same system. Then their parents were the product of the same system. So this, this kind of a lifestyle, if you like, keeps on carrying upon, you know, uh, generations upon generations. Mm. So they were all very, very used to it. They were accustomed to it. It wasn't new to them. That was a lifestyle to them. 
Yeah. And I was totally, you know, I was brought up in a totally different environment, looking at all of this as completely wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. So then it was literally like I had to lose myself. I had to lose my identity in order to adapt, uh, you know, um, to their way of living. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that was where I was. I'd lost my identity. You know, my belief system had been completely um, ripped off me. My, you know, so much self-doubt, so much gaslighting, you know, that I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. As long as he just, he's just willing to keep me under that roof with my children, I'm okay. I can take all of this, you know, for 12 long years. Right. And for the sake of my children, I kept on, you know, uh, mm-hmm. carrying the lot. I didn't want them to suffer. I thought it was just me suffering. And if I be quiet, my kids will not suffer. They yeah. have been, you know, born in this kind of, a, what would I say, um, a stinkingly rich family, wealthy family. They'll be given all the perks that their father enjoys, their cousins enjoy, and they'll be living a comfortable life, you know, um, roaming around in these jeeps with gunmen around them. And that's, that was the environment, you know, really. Right, so right. Because obviously I had been subjugated to believe that, you know, this is what life is all about in this mm-hmm. system. You either do or you die. So we'd rather do it than die. And your yeah. children will have to do the same. So yeah. I thought, right, if this is the way going forward and this is the you know story to success or key to success, then my children need to be a part of it as well. And in mm-hmm. my heart of hearts, I used to also think that when my boys grow older, perhaps they'd be able to support me and stick up for me. So I've just been waiting for that time to come, really. Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. happened, Jacqueline. That never happened. Yeah. You know, my... Yeah, my narrative was that in this relationship, it's just me who's suffering Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to give my children a good future. However, what really happened was children, whatever that they're exposed to from the age of naught and six, that becomes that exposure, be it at home, be it amongst their peers, be it with, you know, through their role models, be it from the community, their teachers at school. All of that exposure becomes part and parcel of their belief system. So what were my children being exposed to? Yeah. You know, they were being exposed to abuse day in, day out. They knew that the, the, our mother's position is as such that back at home, you know, we do get uh, domestic staff to work around in the house and do chores for us. And my situation or my status was as such that purposely I was, you know, being get busied with doing you know, the house chores 24 seconds yeah. so that the bonding with the children doesn't happen. I'm busy in the kitchen okay. most of yeah. the time. We're busy yeah. in the house doing the house chores. So the children never got their mother with them to the point when they had to go to sleep. Right. So there was no bonding and they're growing older, a toxic environment. So what's exactly. going to end up happening? They're exactly. picking up on that exposure. They're picking up on those wives. So basically you're nourishing another vicious cycle. And I'm thinking I'm trying to give them a good future. So what would you expect, Jacqueline, for those children to grow older? Obviously, you know, they're going to repeat the same vicious cycle because that's what they're doing. Exactly. Can I just go back a bit? Can I just backtrack a bit? You mentioned um, a lot of gaslighting. And that's a term um, that I've used because I've written a book. And and that's a term that I um, wrote um, in, in my book. And a lot of people don't understand or have never heard of the term gaslighting. So can you just give us an idea or an example of um, what gaslighting is and how, how, it was, how you were affected by it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a terrible, you know, thing to do. It's like literally making somebody feel as though they're crazy. Whatever yeah. that they say is wrong. 
you know, you'll start doubting yourself. Even if you've seen something, witnessed something from your own eyes, you would be made to believe that, no, it never happened. You know, so to the point that you get into the lowest and the lowest uh, level of uh, self-esteem, you start doubting yourself. You start going crazy. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Your identity gets crushed to the point that you're a nobody. But you mm-hmm. are somebody, you are a nobody, but you are somebody and that somebody is a crazy one and that's what you are. Right, 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 exactly. Um, so you, what advice um, would you give to a woman or a young girl out there who is in a relationship that is abusive? Um, you know, a lot of people, as you just said, they will stay for the sake of the children but it's not benefiting the children. So what would you say to that? For someone else who's thinking exactly the same thing, oh, I'm going to say for the sake of my children, what would you say to them? Yeah, so my first suggestion to them would be, you know, even before you jump into a relationship, every relationship has healthy boundaries, healthy emotional boundaries. So you need to, you know, be able to set those boundaries in the beginning of your marriage. Have your expectations very, very clear with your other half. You know, tell them that these are my two, three, four values. Don't have a ridiculously long list, otherwise you won't even be able to breathe. You know, you'll literally be stepping onto the other person's doors. I mean, you'll be living your life on it. Uh, 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 what did yeah. I do? <laughs> the other yeah. person will be like, "Have I married a man hunter? Just go yeah. away. <laughs> go where you came from." Um, but yeah, so it's very important to specify your core values. You know, this is what makes me comfortable with you or with any other person in a relationship, and that's my safe space. Mm-hmm. And as Maslow's hierarchy says, the you know first hierarchy set of hierarchy is the basic needs, where there's a need for every human being to feel safe and secure and if you can't feel safe and secure in your own house with the most intimate relationship that you have with your spouse where else would you feel safe right Right. so you need to set those healthy emotional boundaries um you know underpinned by your values your belief systems your principles that this is who i am and this is what is acceptable acceptable to me and this is what isn't acceptable to me right so that's going to be the basis for relationship Mm. now going forward obviously now that you've made a framework and obviously these things need to be negotiated mutually they need to be negotiated mutually and mutually agreed upon as well right Mm. so whatever you know your spouse is comfortable with you do that whatever you're comfortable with he needs to do that at the end of the day you both together for a higher purpose so mm. you've not made a framework for yourself. Okay. But then again, going forward, on the face of it, lots of people say, yeah, we agree, we will abide by that. But then the ground reality is that, you know, after a couple of months, when the, whenever the novelty bears off, they will start backtracking, you know, they will stop, start stepping on your uh, toes and all those, you know, core values and everything goes out of the window. The healthy emotional boundaries go out of the window. They would start, you know... Um, uh, I would say unconsciously doing the same thing to you, you know, because usually it's been seen that the perpetrator, anybody who abuses, has been abused themselves in their past. Right. Either in childhood or yeah. yeah. So they're just basically unconsciously repeating the same cycle. So even yeah. if you have to tell them that, look, this is what you've done right now is wrong. Yeah, it's banned out of order. It's not in align with, alignment with my vision or my values. They wouldn't agree. They'd mm. say, no, you're wrong because you're looking at it from your lens. You're not looking at it from my perspective, from my lens. Although a third party, when you take the case to them, they would say that, yeah, it's completely wrong. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but they're doing it unconsciously and they definitely need help. So until and unless you're not able to identify that there is a general problem, how will you come up with a solution? So most of the time, because it happens at an unconscious level, people don't pick up on it. They're not willing to, you know, agree that, yeah, there is a problem. So that's one thing. So when this becomes a habit, you know, you can only give, you know, um, few chances to the other person because yeah. during this time when a relationship is you know in the process of making if it's going downhill most of the times what happens is during that making process you have another soul in the making as well <laughs> like Absolutely. you know yeah. yeah so my advice would be take your time you know when you're in when you've been recently married when you've set the boundaries you've made the framework then go into it with complete faith Give it your best, but at the same time, be mindful, you know. Nobody has the right to step on your toes. Nobody has the right to, uh, you know, um, go on the other side of that safe boundary that you've set for yourself. So when you feel things, yeah. So when you feel that things are going downhill, you know, a couple of times, you need to then sit together, revisit, like, right, this is what we had agreed upon, but this is what done so if if after a couple of times communicating to them if the same thing keeps repeating then i'd suggest have a mediation done involve yeah. a third party but if things don't even work out you know that way then you will have to think of damage limitation strategy so what that means is either step out of it completely or then wean off or step out because never never ignore a problem when there is a problem by ignoring it, you may be able to use your coping mechanism and move forward one day at a time. But that doesn't mean that the problem is going to, you yeah. know, get favored. It's not yeah. going to get much rather, much rather, it can become, you know, really, really nasty and be thrown back in your face at some other point, you know. So yeah. don't wait that time to have uh, time to come because in the process, then you'll probably be giving birth to children. And then yeah. they're going to suffering so my suggestion there would be that set your boundaries and then give them sufficient chances and then where you feel that right this is not working for me call it quits don't give the other person the chance to ruin your life and your generation's life because you see you would be vulnerable at that point you will be in the victim mode you wouldn't be able to think anything else so rather than you know um living a abusive life for say God knows how many years, it's best to start from scratch as yeah. soon as possible. You know, if you can't. This is, this is it, and this is what we're trying to say. I mean, I just want to quickly jump in here because um, I've, we've had someone that's joined us. Her name is Zakaria. All right. Yeah, she's joined us, and um, she said 100%. She totally agrees with what you're saying, and you know, she's also saying you know beautiful advice. Um, Okay, thank you so much for joining us, Zakaria. Hope you're doing well. Absolutely, absolutely. So for those of um for those of you who are just jumping on, um we're talking I'm talking to Hila today and we're talking about um domestic abuse. Well abuse well we're going to be starting to talk about um children abusing their parents. So Maybe we can get onto that bit there because I was watching, I was going through Facebook and I came across um, the video um, and, you, you know, I clicked the link to um, the YouTube video and I'm like, wow, do you know what I mean? I, you know, this is, I have to contact you. I have to talk about this because in my, in my research, you know, I've talked about um, children abusing their parents. I have a neighbor who I've heard the child abusing the, the mother. Do you know what I mean? You know, so can we um, touch on that? Can we, sort of like mention yeah. about that 
Yeah, definitely. So I, as I mentioned earlier that, you know, um, you're in all your good faith trying to continue for the sake of the children. But in the end, it's not going to be beneficial for the children because children are picking up the same pattern. So what yeah. then happens is they are seeing their mum as a subject and as an object to be insulted. And obviously it's a, what would I say, a patriarchal society. So male chauvinism is literally embedded to the core, right? Mm -hmm. So when the child is growing older, seeing that, then they feel that inherently this is their right to treat their mum the same way. So can I ask, you know that clip in the um, in the video where yeah. the, the, the son is asking the mum for money? Yeah. Um, you know, so explain about how that came about then. Yeah, so basically these are the little examples that we're trying to, you know, create awareness around in the community that this would also fall under the remit of emotional and physical and mental abuse for a mum because as a boy, you know, uh, in that video, say for example, uh, the, the, my son uh, in the video is snatching the handbag from me because he asked me for some money and I really didn't have money at that point or even if I did, I just asked a simple question, son, that why do you need the money for? Instant. Mm. He's coming from outside and the first thing, he doesn't greet me, doesn't doesn't ask how am I doing because clearly it seems like I'm sitting and I'm, I'm kind of concerned and I've just given up on any everything in life. So the first thing for a child would be to come sit and caress them or make them feel comfortable, speak to them nicely, greet them. And then, yeah, that's fine. If you want to ask for something, ask for something. Mm. Don't tell them, ask them. And if they're willing, they agree. That's fine. They'll give it to you, you know, uh, willingly. But if they, they're asking you a question... It, as an answer to that question, you can't push them away, snatch their bag, take the money out, and off you go. Yeah, yeah. And abuse. So that's just one form of abuse. And for yeah. that matter, I mean, it's real. It's there. It's, it's, it's definitely there in our community. Yeah. I, can give you, I can give you my, my own house example, if you like. I mean, it's been a couple of times that, you know, boys have come from outside and I've made lovely meal for them. But mm. I don't know what has happened with them out in the community, you know, amongst their peers or whatever that they're going through, you know. Mm. Um, and if something, uh, some spies, so if they don't like the taste of the food, they just throw the food away and walk off. Oh, wow. They'll shout and they'll abuse. They'll, you know, literally take the whole house on the roof. And uh, so you and see... These are children at a young age doing doing this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. This is like boys I'm talking about the age of 21 and 19, you see. Yeah. So now what am I supposed to do then, Jacqueline? You yeah. know, tell them off, slap them. What should I do to make them understand? Because I know they help this themselves. They're mm. not doing this, you know, uh, consciously purposely to hurt me no mm. they basically you know they're vulnerable themselves a lot is going on in their own world which i can't understand you know they're leaving home in a state of vulnerability when they go out what kind of a lifestyle are they living what's happening in their inner circle of friends external circle of friends i don't know it's mm. only they who know and god knows best so what should my stance be then i can't mm. you know if, if i feel as though they abused me is wrong I can't do the same thing. I yeah. can only, what, what I can do is just keep on making dua, keep on making, you know, uh, pray for yeah. 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 Pray yeah. for their guidance, if you like, and then just keep doing what a, you know, mother should. Just mm. try to support them emotionally, you know, get them around, you know, whenever they're ready for it, hug them, bring them around, talk to them about what happened with them throughout the day. Most of the times they wouldn't open up. But as a one-off, again, whenever they want something from me, they will open up, you know, now 
wonder whether that's the truth or they're just making stories. Yeah. Uh, but then you go. It's always the case of what is in it for me from the yeah. children's age. And a mother's love is obviously unconditional. She yeah. would just give and give and give. But the children would just take and take and take. And this is not even in a, you know, a domestic violence situation I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Even generally. Now, change. Yeah. yeah. Things yeah. have changed, definitely. You yeah. know, you and I are coming from, you know, things were different, totally different. Yeah. 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 It's like they want things now, don't they? It's sort of like the microwave society with, with our young people. But that's yeah. what they're, But that's what we're here as parents you know, to try to navigate them through, um, you know, whatever it is that they're going through and support them and to, to mentor them, to let them know that it's not the right thing to do. You know, we're, we're, we're women who are empowering, we're here to empower our young people. Um, because as you say, we don't know what it is that they're going through when they're out there in the, you know, amongst their peers. Um, Absolutely. You know, so it's quite difficult to understand, but it's just a matter for us. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame, Jacqueline, because you see what, what in retrospect you've unconsciously done is that you've lost your generation. Mm. And when you lose one generation, that means you've lost generations upon generations. Mm. And for me, it's not been an easy ride anyway, because I'm a first generation migrant in this country myself. Mm. I had to start from scratch. It's taken me 11 odd years to, yeah. you know, be at the stage where I am, I am right now. So mm. all this journey has been for the sake of them, for their betterment, to be able to give them a better opportunity. Because I knew if I was living still in Pakistan, I will not even be able to get a chance to get rematched. You know, forget mm-hmm. about doing anything else because yeah. I'm a divorce. I've got baggage. I've got three children. Yeah. Yeah. Understand? Yeah. And you know, according to the Pakistani uh, likelihood standards, I'm I'm not that light skinned either. So we've got all sorts of com- complexes embedded in our culture. It doesn't yeah. come from the religion; it's the culture. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, that's interesting. I mean, thank you so much. I mean, we've come to more or less to the end of our our show. It's been um, very uh, powerful, um, but I wanted to bring you on just to give um, other viewers an idea that, you know, abuse does not discriminate. It happens to anyone, um, whatever culture, whatever religion, you know, whatever creed or whatever, whoever, um, that it's our duty to talk openly about it because we know that there was a time well, when we would never be having this conversation. We would never be talking openly about domestic abuse. But we're taking tiny steps, you know what I mean, to talk about it so it no longer, we have to talk about it so it no longer becomes a taboo subject. And, and as much as people, when they do talk about it, they talk about the physical side of it. I'm, I'm more concerned with... Um, and equally concerned with the other side, the financial side, the economic side, the emotional side, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. being isolated and, and um, you know, coerced and things like that. I, I, I try to talk more about those sides as well, because if you don't talk about those sides, then, you know, how would anyone know that that's abuse? Um, absolutely absolutely and that's one fear factor that keeps a woman in there you know the interdependence of the financial element because of that as well they're scared of starting from scratch all over again so again this advice here would be for women to brace themselves to realize who they are and you know god created them very powerful if we can give birth 
wow, we can move mountains, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that. And then just work towards, you know, educating yourself because education means bringing up value. And then the finance, the money is the byproduct of the value that you give mm. up, you know, that you bring out. Mm. So, so that's that's the key thing there, that educate yourself, um, stabilize yourself financially, and then, you know, don't take crap from nobody. Have your boundaries and yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does start. It does start with. I know we're coming to an end, but you know, uh, it does start with having to um, build confidence and love yourself. Do you know what I mean? Because when you start loving yourself, you'll start to build confidence, and once you build confidence, then you are able to be in a position to say, "Well, look, I don't need to take that." Do, do you know Absolutely. what I mean? So um, they need to understand you. There is no reason for you to, you know, burden your shoulders with other people's ignorance. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, what I mean is the unreal expectations of the community, you know, per se, that woman is responsible for making a, making a house. No, it's not one person in marriage. It's two mm-hmm. people. Yeah, takes two yeah. angle, you know, yeah. <laughs> how one person... You know, so, yeah, no, no, no reason to carry so much baggage. I had the baggage of three children anyway. So what was the need for me to carry more people, you know, more more, more baggage, more burden on my shoulders for Absolutely. other people's ignorance? There's no need. Just take it easy. Keep it simple. Know who you are. Know your strengths. Know your areas of improvement. Work on them. Educate yourself. You know, become financially strong and that's it. You know, say no to abuse. Don't brush it under the carpet. Don't mm. think, don't get into self-doubt when you feel uncomfortable. Get in touch, get connected with your intuition. When you're feeling uncomfortable, when you feel okay. there's something wrong, there's certainly something wrong. Go out and see help. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so I'd just like to um, go back to uh, say thank you for, for those who've um, contributed um, to the conversation. Zakaria. Um, she, as I said before, she agreed. And then we had someone, um, let's see. Zachary um, as a boy. <laughs> oh, it can happen to anyone, of course. You need to break the chain and be empowered as women. Um, confidence boost. And she's also gone on to say, um, oh, early childhood relationships with parents are likely to affect how your relationship is with you. Yeah, 100%. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, before we go, I know we've, I've said this already, but before we go, what responsibility, because we, we're talking about women and young girls, but, you know, the responsibility is with also with the man, but we, we, when we have these conversations, you know, it, it angers me because it's almost as if we've, you know, what what is it that the men should be doing? What, how should they be educating themselves? Do you know what I mean? I mean, they're the one that's abusing the women, you know, so what is it? Because I know that some men are saying, well, oh, I didn't know that it was abuse. Do you know what I mean? And my argument to that is, well, you know, if you're hurting someone and you can see someone is in pain, then of course, you know that you're doing something wrong. So, yeah. you know, what should, we, what should we be saying to our young children as boys? Yeah. 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 New boys, what would you be saying to them? Yeah. So clearly the mother's responsibility is to, you know, uh, give these values to her boys growing older that look, treat other people the way that you would like to be treated. That's Mm. one basic principle. If you follow that, you won't go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. 
when yeah. you when you teach a woman you teach a whole generation so mm. if that mother teaches one of her boys you know that you need to treat others the way you would like yourself to be treated and the same message gets passed on over generation upon generation and it creates momentum it creates a chain a movement i see no reason why we'll not be able to change the wrong narrative there yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going. I'm not going to ask another question because I can go on all evening. Um, but <laughs> take the opportunity to say thank you for those who joined us in the conversation. Thank you, Hina, so much. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll talk in the future. But um, for now, thank you for sharing your story and um, empowering other women and young girls out there as well. It's my honor to be here today and I'm just praying and hoping and wishing that my story makes a dent in somebody's life. Somebody's life can be saved, you know, mm. because lives are precious. You only get one life. And the the final message, you know, the most uh, strongest point that I would like to emphasize upon is that there's only one life. OK, there's this diagonal one life. There's a past and there's a future. Mm. Future is something you can't predict. Past is something that's already gone. It's not in your control. What is in your control is is this in the middle, which is which is now, and that's very very powerful. Make the best of that now moment, you know, because mm. now is really what you have. Once when that's gone, then again that becomes a past as well. So don't overthink, don't rethink. Whenever you're uncomfortable, use the power of now and reach out for help. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so before we go, I've got another co- couple of comments again here. Um, I think we need to um, look at the core of why men start abuse like this in the first place and see where it stems from. What is it that pushes an individual to adopt bullying characteristics? We need to look deeper. And I think you mentioned yourself because maybe they've come from a background of abuse yeah. themselves. Yeah. Um, Replicating it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, Maria says men need to learn to let go, let women be, let them strive, let them succeed. It's not about religious control. Not everyone is bad. No, we're not. Okay, on that, this is very interesting, Jacqueline. Now, you know, um, Maria, when she says that men need to learn to let go, let women be. So now that's a very interesting debate there. Men don't need to let the women be. The woman needs to take her control back. Once when she's taken a control back, no man on earth can, you know, even come and point a finger at you. You, you, you don't, you can't ask for them to give your power back. You need to take the power back. You can't ask them to let you be. You need to show them this is who I am. This is where my safety zone is. You can't include here. Your place is there. This is my safe haven. Because what they fail to recognize is that you have allowed them to take your power away in the first place. So and yeah. as you said, it's for you to take back control, to get yeah. back your power. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. And how do you get that? How do you get that? Until and unless you don't realize who you are, how powerful you are within, mm-hmm. you know, you won't be, until and unless you don't realize that, you won't be able to take your control and power back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why you've got to start loving yourself, build that relationship with yourself. Um, absolutely with the self-confidence absolutely so, uh, i think that's it really um thank you this was amazing uh, thank you very much for con- for your contributions um <laughs> well until next time uh, i think we better end it there um right. have a nice evening and we will talk soon
Definitely. Lovely speaking to all of you. Lovely getting your messages, guys. Love you to bits for the sake of Allah. We'll speak to you again. And thank you so much, Jacqueline, for having me on board today. Thank you. Have a great evening. God bless. Bye. Bye. Okay, so that was my special guest, Hina, who... um, shared her story and also with that with regards to young boys abusing um, their parents. Please take care until next time.